and welcome to the Partnership Podcast. Today we're talking about prayer and specifically about prayer when it feels like nothing's happened. I think this is in the context as well of, um, you know, we've been praying about coronavirus for well over a year now um, and many people's prayers about COVID, you know, Lord, just take it away might have been the same for a year. So what's it like when, when we pray and it doesn't feel like anything changes? Dougie's joining us today. Hello, as, everyone. As well as... Hi, I'm Stuart. But in order for people to get, get to know you guys a little bit better, um, I've listed down a couple of, of contentious issues that people might have different opinions on. And I just want you guys to... Stuart loves a contentious I, I love controversy. I'm, I'm all about the controversy. Well, let's see if we can light some fires. So first one, uh, quick fire answers. Uh, brush before or after breakfast? After. Before. Ooh, okay. Weirdo. Yeah. That's what my dentist says. Oh. Every dentist says Hang on, we've got the same dentist, haven't we? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Wait, are we talking about a teeth? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking hair. <laughs> um, uh, if you were to order a Nando's, what spice do you pick? Hot. The hottest you can. Genuinely. And then you have the double XL stuff that you can't get it cooked in and you pour that on top. Oh, wow. Yeah. Mate, that's great. I'm full on. I'd be very much, I'd need a roll of toilet paper in the fridge at home I before I <laughs> went for that. Can you taste the chicken in that? Oh, of course you can. It's delicious. That is definitely the way to have it. Nothing, <laughs> nothing less. You've got to make sure that you don't like, rub your eyes afterwards. Yeah, well, you know, there's plenty of hand sanitizer around. All right, Coke or Pepsi? Coke. Coke. Coke, really? Oh, I'm surprised by that. Um, Chinese or curry? Chinese. I love a curry. Oh, you got, okay, fine. Uh, and if you were driving down the motorway and there was a service station and there were two options and it was either KFC or McDonald's, what do you pick? Mackey D's. Yeah, McDonald's. All right, that's a good note. To when I was on. a younger man to go, I worked in Mackey D's. When, when you, I was a student. Loved it. How long did you last there? Uh, well, in Scotland, you're students for four years, so I, I worked there oh, for four time. years. Yeah. I worked at Mackey's yeah. when I was um, 16 and only lasted seven months before the four pounds per hour wage just couldn't quite <laughs> I never get tired of it and I still love it oh nice what working there on the side <laughs> well, no if the pastoring thing falls through that's you can always go back to McDee's that's it that's it there's always a position open for you do you the free food at lunch was good actually that was like the highlight anyway prayer um, meanwhile yeah meanwhile <laughs> so now hopefully that's kind of given you a a little bit of a glimpse of what Stewie and um and Dougie are like actually Stewie's from Bushel Park by the way and Dougie is from Berry Street Community Church both churches in the Together for Mission partnership and as I said before we're here to talk about prayer um, and just starting really basic guys um, what is prayer uh, and why on earth do we do it I mean at a basic level prayer is talking to God but there, there's something more to it than that isn't there because uh, in conversation there are certain things that you and I talk about uh, that that doesn't seem right to call those things prayer. And yet the way the Bible describes prayer is is calling on the Lord or casting our cares on him or, I don't know, you know, those kind of things. We're presenting our requests to God. And so there's an element of which we're, we're talking to God, but th- there's something more to it. We are specifically coming to him as the one who is the promise maker and the promise keeper. And we're calling on him to do the things that he said he's going to do. There's something of it being a, a humble expression of dependence on God. When, when people pray in, in the Bible, it looks it usually looks like, God, I, I need help here. Mm. I, I can't do this. Mm. And I need your help. Uh, and sometimes that is audible, you know, mouth open. 
Um, probably that's probably most common in the Bible. Uh, but the Bible, as well as that, it's, it speaks of the, there are times when there are no sort of audible sounds coming out, but we're still praying. We might pray in our heads mm. quietly. Um, yeah, that that is still praying, but there's a humble expression of dependence of God. And that flows out of our relationship with God, doesn't it? That in prayer, there is a recognition that he is God and we are not. Yeah. And so we are the nature of the requests we're putting before him, they are things that we are well aware there is nothing we can do about them. He's the only one who has the power, the authority, the actual right to say this can change or there can be some kind of uh, change in the situation. He's the one with the wisdom to know what's the best thing to do in any situation. He's the one who can put right a world that is broken by sin. And so there's there's a recognition of that in the relationship that we have with God as we come to him in prayer. Who else would we go to? There's no one else we can ask these kind of things from. And I guess that cuts to the heart, that relationship and that hum- humble dependence upon cuts to the heart of why we would bother doing it. Because, um, as you say, yeah, who else would you go to? And would you say then that actually the the power of prayer is um, is ultimately in in the recipient rather than um, kind of the the words that we that come out of our mouths? Yeah, so for, for certain people that there's a sense in which, uh, and perhaps we'll talk about this later on, that, you know, have I got the right formula of words in what I'm praying? Is this what's going to unlock the power of God? Have I used, you know, have I said this prayer in Jesus' name? Have I used those words to, to make that prayer work? And I, I don't think that's, that's necessarily the, the right way to, to view our prayers. Um, we are saying that we are calling out to the maker of the universe, the God who loves us, and actually the God who, through Jesus, is our father. And we come to him uh, and he loves to hear our prayers. He loves to hear what's concerning us. He, he loves to hear what's uh, on our minds. And he is able to do things about those things because of who he is. Um, and and that, that all shapes shapes our understanding of prayer, isn't it? It's not that we're kind of, trying to unlock a, a secret code and once we do that the power is released and mm. um, you know god is the one who has all the power and our words in prayer are, are an expression of our relationship with the god of the universe yeah and and, and often as we pray to go just from, from a human point of view from our perspective our, our point of view there's often a change that, that happens in us certainly when you read the psalms as we pray as we say God, I can do nothing about this. Or, or God, I, I need your help. Um, I trust that you're good. I trust that you're at work for those who love you. Uh, and often from a, from a point of maybe despair or not knowing what to do, but simply that act of pouring out to God gives a, a sort of change. Would you agree with that, Stewie? Yeah, I think so. It's, it's a sense in which we are... We're grappling with the situation, and we are we're grappling with God in that situation. We're calling out to Him, saying, "Here's what my life is like right now, and Lord, here is Your Word and what Your Word says about this situation." And the two things don't seem to match up. Mm. And then often you find in the Psalms that you at the end of the Psalm, having having laid out all of that, what does the Psalmist say? But surely You are good to those who love You, or, or something like that. There's, yeah. a, there's a kind of there's a resolution, not of the situation necessarily, but a resolution in the mind of the prayer that although things aren't as we think they ought to be, here is a God we can trust in these situations. 
And um, kind of on the back of that then, um, you know, what does it look like to be a prayerful person? When might someone pray? Um, you know, is it just, you know, you wake up or just before you go to bed? Is there a specific time that we are called on to pray? Or you know, what does it look like? Yes. <laughs> Brilliant. Okay, okay, question. Let's, <laughs> next question. Yeah. No, uh, let, let, let us try and break some of that down. So first of all, what does it look like to be a prayerful person? Well, I, I look in my Bible and I see that the Lord Jesus is almost certainly the most prayerful person who's ever lived. And, and yes, he is God um, in flesh, but he's a real human being. And I remember a mirror mind saying, if I want to know what it is to live as a human being, uh, and especially as a follower of God, as a human being, as one of his people, I look at Jesus. And, and this is in, in my mind because I preached on it fairly recently. But when you look at the life of the Lord Jesus, you know, you, you think of some of the big points again and again, especially through Luke's gospel, you see him praying. So when he's baptized, by John the Baptist. What is he actually doing at the moment of his baptism? Well, Luke says he's praying. Uh, when he's about to choose the disciples, what is he doing? He's praying. Just as he's about to head for Jerusalem, which is going to take him to the cross and the resurrection and then to heaven, what does he do? He's praying about that. And, um, you know, you move on, you look at one of the, the, the most beautiful scenes in the Gospels, the Garden of Gethsemane. What do we find the Lord Jesus doing just the night before he's executed? He's praying and he's saying, not my will be done, but yours. As he's being crucified, what does he pray? Father, forgive them. At the moment of death, what does he do? He's praying, he's saying, Father, into your hands, I commit my spirit. And so it seems as we look at the human kind of par excellence, if you like, we see that he's a man of prayer. He's a human being. And his decisions are birthed in prayer. Uh, at the big moments of his life, we see him praying. Uh, we see his, uh, almost his, his obedience is strengthened by prayer. And again and again, we say, well, what do we do? Let's pray. Hmm. Um, and, and there were times, it's, it looks like there were almost quick prayers. There were times he withdrew for times of prayer. And, and that is so obvious to the disciples that they say, Lord, teach us how to pray. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and hey, I, I look at the life of the Lord Jesus there. Now, of course, we, we can talk about, well, I'm not Jesus, but, but he's shown us by his life. Here, here is what a, a prayerful person looks like. I think one of the challenges is when we when we talk about what, what is a prayerful person, we're looking for the the evidence of, of what a prayerful person is, and we, we tend to think of ah, oh, I know that person. They're such a great prayer warrior. I'm always I'm always impressed by their prayers in the prayer meeting. Uh, they're always praying long and using big words, and it takes a and actually you kind of want to take a step back from that and look at what the Lord Jesus says about prayer. Um, he says, don't do it to be seen by others. So you know, it's not about uh, can they do a showy prayer when other people are watching? He says, don't think you're going to be heard because you have many words. He actually says, go away and do it in secret and you know, pray to your father. Matthew 6, when he's teaching on prayer there in the Sermon on the Mount. And so there's a sense in which, what does a prayerful person look like? Well, we won't necessarily be able to see uh, with all the best will in the world. We long to kind of look at models of faithful prayer within our congregation. But they won't always be the people that we are thinking, obviously, oh, it must be them because they pray long and use big words. And 
I hope that gives us confidence as well. You know, there's a there's a sense in which I'm not doing this to impress other people. I'm doing this to express my dependence on God. And ultimately, that, I think that's that's the question we all need to be asking ourselves about. You know, am I a prayerful person? When do I express my dependence on God? When am I praying? Is it just when there is an emergency? You know, when when things are going wrong. Ah, oh, I better pray. Uh, or is it? You know, when I want something from God, there's a big crisis point and uh, I, I need to ask him then. Or am I praying at all times in the spirit, as Ephesians 6 invites us to do? Is there a sense in which every single day, at every point along my day, I need to be dependent on God and therefore I am praying about all those things? And I think it's, it's very revealing. If we find ourselves thinking, I, I'm not that prayerful, then it reveals something about how dependent we are on God. We think we can get through the day. We think there are certain things we can face without him. And actually, we need to be saying that all of this needs God's help. Mm. And so I need to be leaning on him in prayer. Yeah. Mm. It, the, the, the Christian life, it, it begins with prayer for most of us. It, it's only going to flourish with prayer. It shows evidence, actually, prayer is evidence that we've got spiritual life. And, and it almost certainly is our, our Christian lives are going to decay without prayer. Mm. Now, breaking it down again, you, you could say, well, what does it look like maybe for us? Um, I think you would want to say that there are times in my day that I've got a plan to pray. Uh, again, uh, one of my mates says you've got a plan to pray. It's, it's discipline. It, you know, it, it takes effort to do that. Don't just think that the prayer will somehow miraculously happen. Um, it, you know, it's that discipline that that, that has to be learned uh, and put into practice. I think of Daniel, um, who uh, just before he's chucked into a den of lions. Well, what are we told about him? He three times a day he opens his window, shuts the door, looks towards Jerusalem, and 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 prays three times and says thanks to God. Now, that doesn't mean we need to find an open window and look towards <laughs> Jerusalem. Yeah. Okay, but, but the idea is that there's a regular uh, habit of praying there. And I get the challenge is, like, for guys like us, you know, we're, we're working as pastors. Yeah. It's our job every day. Uh, and there's a sense in which people are expecting us to be praying. So we don't want to create an expectation here that our prayer habits necessarily are going to be yours. You know, the thing about disciplines is that they're all well and good, but each of us will probably express that in a different way like you know some people are great in the mornings they're really morning people they're up and ready you know that they can do that other people that's not the best time of the day Mm. they need to they need to wake up before they can you know think about praying same with the evening some people are falling asleep if you're doing that i think i think there's a sense in which if we are saying we're to be praying at all times we need to take that seriously and not just say right first thing in the morning i've done my prayer that's it job done (laughs) or you know, get to the end of the day and say, right, okay, I'm going to kneel by my bedside before I go to sleep, and that's it, job done. That's prayer for the day. You know, let's have an expansive view of, of when and how we ought to be praying. Yeah, what are the times do you think where we are, as humans in our sinful nature, most reluctant maybe to pray? When I'm busy. Uh, you know, we, we've got families. We, we know what it's like to have kids running around screaming, jumping all over the bed, asking for the TV to be changed, you know, all that kind of stuff. When when busyness kicks in, that is often the time that we forget to pray. Mm. And often it's the time we need it most because there's so much going on and we're trying to do it in our own strength. Um, so I, I think, you know, when, when things are getting busy, equally, I think as well, though, 
when there's nothing in the in the timetable. That that's really revealing from my heart. You know, when I'm on holiday or th- there's no excuses, and actually that, that just shows a prayerlessness that, that is scary because I've got nothing else to fill my time, and I still don't go to God in prayer. Mm. Yeah. I can sympathise with that. Like Saturday mornings when the when the midweek routine, for example, is slightly more out the window, mm. um, quiet time and prayer can often be a real struggle. But I, I think that there's all sorts of things we can when we just when when the thought of praying might not even enter our head. So I don't know. Should I go for that promotion? Prayer isn't even one of the factors we think mm. about. Or, you know, what uni should I go to? Or what job should I apply for? And and we just don't even pray about it. Mm. And I think I want to say, hey, let's use prayer to help us make these decisions. Let's call upon God and all the wisdom of heaven um, to say, help me with this decision. But what about the times when it seems what we're praying doesn't seem to to change anything? When it feels like maybe God doesn't hear us or maybe it feels like maybe we're saying something wrong because nothing's changing. Yeah, what would you say to someone who came to you with, with that concern? I, th- I think it's a it's a really real struggle that people experience, and it's not foreign to the Bible. You know, when you read the Psalm, Psalm thirteen begins, "How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever?" <laughs> you say you said at the start, we've been praying about the coronavirus situation for a year. I don't think a year counts as forever. Mm. And so, if at the, <laughs> if at the end of a year we're feeling like oh man, like nothing seems to be changing. All our prayers that we've offered uh, up about the situation and nothing's moving forwards. It's hard to hear, but there's a sense in which we, we need to see there are some things where prayer will require us to be persistent for a very long time. And I'm sure there are people you know, in our churches who can think of uh, <coughs> situations they've been praying for for a long time, perhaps you know, children who have gone away from the Lord and they're still praying for them to return and it's 20, 30, 40 years later mm-hmm. and it's a situation they're still bringing to the Lord, they're still praying about. Situations with our churches, you know, Bushel Park started 14 years ago, we, we were praying about the situation with our building for a very long time mm-hmm. before we seemed to get some resolution about what the future was for, for us as a church. I think I just want to say there is a need for persistence in prayer. If we feel like God isn't listening, that may not be the case. It may just be we need to keep going. We need to keep mm. praying. We need to be in it for the long term, the long haul. And we're pretty prone to give up quite easily, I think. You know, when I think about friends I've been praying for that they might hear the gospel and respond to it. How quick do my prayers fall down? Because I just think, oh man, it's not going to happen. It's not going to make a difference. It's been six months now and they're showing no interest in that evangelistic event we're doing at church. Or I haven't had a good gospel conversation for weeks now. Do I give up? <laughs> or perhaps I need to persist in prayer? Yeah, I, I think I want to say I, I want to frame my prayers uh, like the Lord Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane with, yet not my will but yours be done. And, and, and so it may well be that what I want to happen and I want to pray for within God's control is, is, is not his plan. Um, and I trust that his grace will be sufficient to get me through whatever is happening. Hmm. Yeah, that's that's really helpful. And um, I remember reading something in uh, Lu- the beginning of Luke 18, actually, um, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, and Luke 18 verse 1 just says very simply, Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. Mm. Um, and I guess maybe that talks towards what we were talking earlier about um, always praying. And then also the element that we've just 
chat about there about not giving up praying. Yeah, and I, I, I think we want to... I, I don't want to make my prayers really introspective, but I just want to check my motives mm. when I pray. You know, I, the obvious one is, Lord, grant me a Ferrari. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I'm, it's almost certain he's not going to do that for me. Uh, you, you know, because that's from a sort of selfish motive. Uh, I, I've got to remember that there's times, hey, Christians are going to die. You know, and, and I may pray for someone to get better. And, and it's not wrong for me to pray that. But, you know, at the same time, Christians mm. do go and be with the Lord Jesus. Mm. I, I can think of another situation. Just a couple of weeks ago, a friend of mine sent me a message, not a Christian, but a kind of big situation in their life that was going on. And they that they were expecting some kind of answer from a, a doctor or something. And, um, and they asked me to pray about it. Now, that, that's good. I get the feeling that I was maybe praying something different to what they wanted me to pray. I think in their heads they were asking me, pray pray that this will all be sorted and this will be fixed. Whereas in my head as I was walking down the road, I was thinking, Lord, use this to do what you want in this person's life. If this is the thing that you're going to use, Lord, to bring them to know you, then do it, whatever that means, whether that's a yes or a no from from the the result of, of what they're waiting for now. And that, that felt a really tough moment, actually, because everything in, in me longed for that person's situation to be fixed. But if that had happened, then perhaps it wouldn't have drawn them closer to the Lord Jesus at all. And I, I have to recognise that sometimes. Even those those prayers that we feel most deeply, you know, for the, con- the conversion of a friend or a loved one, um, when we don't get the answer we want when we want it, it may not be that it's it's a wrong thing that's happening it may be that the Lord is working in his own timing to keep his promises as he sees fit. We have to bear that in mind. Yeah. Right? And it's really hard. I don't want to say that. And it's not that you did something wrong. No, no. Or you're being punished. Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely not. Mm. Yeah, that's really helpful. Um, what what resources, or do you have any resources, or are there any helpful resources that um, help you? There are some brain? brilliant resources, Dougal. I can think of 66 books immediately. Oh, okay. Wow. <laughs> One's called Genesis. One's called Exodus. No, no, no. Okay, okay. <laughs> but you make a good point. There. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Good point. <laughs> oh, okay. I, I think of I go back to what I said earlier. The disciples looking at the life of the Lord Jesus come and say, "Lord, teach us how to pray." And that is a really good place to start because there are all sorts of resources. That I mean, there's gazillions of books. <laughs> Uh, and we can read lots about prayer and, and do all find ourselves fill shells worth of resources on prayer and never actually pray. Mm. Um, and so we, uh, there's a point where, Lord, teach me to pray. I think when Dougie says, you know, we've got the Bible there to teach us to pray, that there are good reasons why the Bible is a good place to go for prayer. It shows us what God is like. And so it helps us to realise when we come to him, he is a gracious and loving and compassionate God, slow to anger, rich in love. The more we see that in God, the more that helps us to be persistent in our prayers, to understand what's going on when we're praying and why we can trust God in our prayers. Um, but it also shows us God's promises and what he's doing and what he's about, which help us to see what to pray into a given situation. You know, as Doogie said earlier, you know, the Lord doesn't promise in his word that I'm going to get a Ferrari. So I'm probably wasting my time to pray for that. But the Lord does say, you know, he'll give wisdom to those who ask for it. So I'm on pretty good ground if I'm praying for that. The Lord says he'll, he'll open people's eyes and hearts to the gospel. So I'm on pretty good ground if I'm praying for that kind of stuff to happen. Um, the Lord promises that the Lord Jesus will return to judge the earth and to wrap up all that is wrong in this world. Uh, and we can enter the new heavens and the new earth. 
So it's a great thing to pray, come Lord Jesus. The more I know of these kind of promises and the direction of travel of where the world is going, the better I'm able to pray because I know that I'm praying the kind of things that God would have me pray. But then I get the reassurance of God's word as well that even in situations where I don't know what to pray, Romans 8 tells us, doesn't it, that the spirit intercedes for us with groans. And so there's a sense in which even if I don't know quite what the right thing is to pray, I could still call out to God in any given situation. I'm a bit old school in terms of I, I use a, a diary, a prayer diary, with different things that I pray for on different days of the week. That that helps me. Um, I don't use an app for that because I, I would probably find myself messing around with the app rather than praying. Mm. Um, write, writing things down, ha- having a little diary open in front of me. But hey, I know there's, there's all sorts of things that people will find useful to do this. But on, on the genuine, actually, there are um, resources like an app which would be helpful. So there's stuff like Prayer Mate, which I know, yes. um, I know people use and find it really helpful. Um, but then again, you just need to know yourself um, well enough to be able to tell whether or not that's actually going to be it helpful to you what habits would you um recommend maybe i guess that's a hard way a a bad way of phrasing it what habits have you formed or have you seen in others or um that would be good things to adopt or to try or to strive towards to help maybe form patterns of prayer in our lives so like when i'm i'm walking to work in the morning uh, this is something that this been my practice ever since i started at college moved to london here um I, i just use the walk at work as a time to pray I know it's the time where I'm kind of turning over what's happening in the day uh, and similarly the walk back home at the end of the day uh, lots of things are kind of churning over in my mind I'm thinking about them already it would be silly not to kind of use that time when I'm already thinking about those things to to bring them to the Lord and so I, I'm kind of in the habit of, as I'm walking along walking to work or walking home at the end of the day that's a time that works really well for me to pray yeah um, I, I think we used to sing a song early in the morning Jesus rose to pray Mm. Uh, and I, I, I've tried at times uh, with that habit we've got a couple of young kids running around so it's, it's not easy to find a bit of quiet to do that but I, I'll, I'll pray when, when I get up as a family we, we, we try and do a bit of prayer together at, at Christmas we bought a sort of map of the world to put up on the wall and I say boys what, what countries we're going to pray for today uh, just, to, just to, so they will see we've got a, our family's got a habit of prayer mm. so he said walking as I, as I walk, maybe on, on pastoral visits, stuff like that. Uh, a friend of mine has what he calls arrow prayers when he's about to go in quickly to a situation uh, and he thinks, I need to fire a quick arrow prayer up to God. Mm. Uh, th- th- those are good. I, I remember as well some, some older folks that I, I know who pretty much their morning, they, they might be uh, like housebound and, and they'll spend all morning praying through prayer letters and booklets and Operation World is a book, a book that tells you about all the different countries in the world and, and what Christians face there. The, the, yeah. There's all sorts of things, mate. I think, I think as well, like, as Christians, we can maybe make prayer into a weird thing and we think, oh man, this is going to be odd. I'm, I'm going to say, let's pray. And everyone's going to look at me like, what on earth is this guy up to? But, you know, when, when you're spending time together with other Christians... There should be nothing more natural in the world than just turning to each other. You know, perhaps you're wrapping up and it's time to go and say, oh, you've just been talking about something. Hey, should we just pray for pray about that? Now, I can get away with that because I'm a pastor and everyone expects me to say that like, <laughs> holy stuff. 
<laughs> and perhaps, perhaps when you're hanging out with your Christian mates, you, you, you'll say that, and they'll look at you as if to say, "All right, what's going on with this guy? Yeah. You know, <laughs> taking his holy pills today." Holy Jehovah, there. But but actually, there should be nothing more natural in the world than than when Christians come together. We're, we're praying about this stuff. You know, situations that are going on in life, stuff we're talking about. You know, just next time you're out with someone, just turn to them and say, "Hey, before I go, should we pray about that?" Mm. And I, I guarantee it'll be worthwhile for, for both of you. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think as well, like thinking about people and the way people share prayer points, so many of us, we're quick to kind of send a text back. Somebody sends us a message and we say, yeah, I'll pray about that. And what we really mean is, I really would like to think about praying about that maybe later and perhaps I'll get around to it. But when you get those kind of prayer prompts come through on your phone, pray then. Mm-hmm. Don't wait, to, don't text, send the message back and say, oh, I'll think about praying for it later. Do it then and then reply saying, I've just prayed about that. I think that's a good habit to get into so that we don't sound like we're praying, like the Pharisees looking like they're doing a good job of praying, but but we're actually doing it. It's part of our habit of, of daily life. That That's a really helpful tip. Um, and actually coming back to something, Dougie, you said earlier about being old school and having a, like a prayer diary. I think whilst that is in inverted commas old school, um, Many people have a electronic diary as yeah, a, yeah. or a physical diary or for me, I've got in front of me now a book which is full of just to-do lists because that's the way that my mind works, um, which is a bit embarrassing, but I need a to-do list. But that is a sense, you know, it's not, I don't call it a prayer diary. I don't have a, even my diary that tells me what I've got in the future. But actually, there's no reason why we can't treat our diary or our electronic on Yeah, yeah, exactly. As yeah. a prayer diary. As yeah. in, you sure. look through what you've got in the in the. It's just that I've got a physical book. Yeah, you've just got a little thing and a pen. Says, prayer diary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, excellent, brilliant. Well, that's all that we have time for this afternoon. Dougie and Stewie, thank you so much for joining me to chat through prayer. But guys at home, I'd love at this stage to just give you a little plug for your local church prayer meeting. Every church in the Together for Mission partnership has its own prayer meeting. And that's because of some of the things that we've spoken about today, about the importance of prayer. So please do tune in or go along to them and make the most of the opportunity to join with one another and cry out to God. Please also be keeping your eyes open for the future episodes of the Partnership Podcast. The fourth episode of the main series of Partnership Podcasts will be released in April. But thank you once again for tuning in to this episode of the Partnership Podcast.